This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Jane Pauley, and this is our Sunday Morning Extra, our podcast featuring a memorable story from our most recent show. It's a conversation that offers insights beyond the broadcast. He rode a blazing saddle. He wore a shining star. On this episode, our contributor Ben Mankiewicz of Turner Classic Movies catches up with a true comic legend, the one and only Mel Brooks. I don't get pay, paid for this, do I? <laughs> I'm just curious. Believe it or not, Mel Brooks has been making us laugh for more than 70 years. First as a comedy writer for Sid Caesar's Show of Shows, and then with his many films, including such classics as Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, and of course, The Producers. Ben Mankiewicz visited Mel Brooks recently at his Santa Monica home. It's clear at age 93, Brooks is still as sharp and funny as ever. I knew from a very early age, I knew that comedy was my business, that comedy was my thing, it was me. Because people would look down at my crib, and I, I, I was only a few months old, and they would laugh, and I said, that's it, that's it, that's what I want. When did you know that you were funny, that you could make people laugh? Well, 
in school, I guess. You know, I, my neck still hurts from being taken by the neck to the principal's office. Eugene Cohen and I, we were five. We were, well, we were nine, actually, about, about eight or nine. And every time I would do my impression of Boris Karloff saying this word, this one particular word, that was it. He'd go. You know, it's in the middle of a class as a teacher, but he was on the floor screaming, and that both of us would be down in the principal's office. And the word was my impression of Boris Karloff, the monster, saying this word. He'd say, Antipofto, and just Antipofto, and that was it. And, and Eugene would be on the floor, and that, that, was, that was the end of it. No matter what I knew, and it was so great, the rest of the class would laugh. They didn't know why they were laughing. But they knew they were. I, I don't even know why it's funny, but it's undeniably it's, it's funny. Undeniable. <laughs> I wasn't a performer. I only one performance on the show of shows in the nine years I wrote, brilliantly wrote the show of shows starring Sid Caesar. I only performed, and it was not even me. It was my cat sound. Sid wanted me to do a cat sound. Dial him for money. He backs up in a dark room. He steps on a cat's tail, and I do that. <laughs> And he wanted, wow! And so I said, okay. So I was going to do it. I'm going to do the cat sound. I'm going to perform. All right. The sound man points to me. I see there's going to be over a million people hearing. I get scared. <laughs> I'm dry. I, no cat. Sid keeps backing up. No cat. No cat. Finally, I get it out. Sid says, good. Finally, you know. So I said, that was stage fright. That was, you know, mic fright, whatever, you know. Let's go back to, uh, to 1961. Uh, how'd you meet her? 1961, February 5th. Uh, you know the date. Charles Strauss, who wrote All-American with me, I wrote the book. Strauss says to me, he said, come with me to the Zigfield Theater. There's a Perry Como rehearsal. Anne Bancroft is in, is in, is in the Perry Como show. I said, so, so. You, you said, knew Anne Bancroft. I said, yeah. I said, miracle worker on Anne Bancroft, of course. And there on the stage, uh, Anne Bancroft comes out, and she's wearing a white gown, and she has jet black, shiny hair, and the most beautiful eyes and the most beautiful figure. And it was just like, I said, Kismet? Luck? What? Anyway, I, I'm in love. I know I'm, I'm, I'm just struck by her. I'm struck and I'm in love. And I scream out, Anne Bancroft, I love you. She said, who are you? I said, I'm Mel Brooks. She said, I got your record. You know, I did a record with Carl Ryan, a 2,000-year-old man. So we, I, I ran back. We talked. We, we, we talked. We, um, I said, what are you doing? She said, I have to see uh, somebody at the William Morris Agency, I said, uh, Bernie, I got to see him too. <laughs> I just, I didn't, I, I, I went with her, I got a cab, I went, and she liked my whistle. Uh, yeah, it's a good whistle. That's how you and got you know, the cab? <laughs> I got a cab, she was impressed with the whistle. We <laughs> went to the William Morris office, and I never let go. And just, and then uh, later that night, we went to Chinatown Charlie's, we had Chinese food together. The next night, uh, she was somewhere, Jerry Orbach uh, and his wife were throwing a party, and I found out she's going to be there. I showed up at the party. So I, every night, wherever she went, I would show up, and I'd say, you know, by the 
fourth or fifth time, I'd say, this is, it's kismet. She told her therapist, yeah. her analyst, uh, let's speed this process up. I've met the right man. Yeah. Like she knew, too. Uh, we just, I mean, it was just nobody else. It ended up, we, 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 we lived together for three or four years, and, and we were married 41 years. And I think it was kismet. I think, you know, I was, I was very lucky. I had, a, I, had, I had the best life because she was in it. I mean, she had everything. She had looks, she had brains, she had purpose. She could be the leading lady or an aide-de-camp. She could just be on stage with the spotlight and star in something. She was a great gift. She was a, a gift from God. She was funny, right? She was funny. She had, she had great timing. She had pauses. I said, where did you get those pauses? She said, when I did Mother Courage, on Broadway, I met Gene Wilder. She gave me Gene Wilder. She said, he's, he's different. And I said, what's different? What's so different about Gene Wilder? And she said, he pauses. I said, what, a, what does that mean? She said, he pauses before he talks. And it's those pauses that make him different. Gene always waited, and made sense of what the other actor told him. That's his pause. And then he talked. And she said, that's, she said, I got a lot of my pauses from Gene, from Gene Wilder. If you like CBS Sunday Morning with Gene Polly, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey.